This is Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. The person who is the authority comes in and they fix the situation, but the person who fixes the situation is killing us. So the social contract is broken. You broke the contract when you killed us in the streets and didn't give a fuck. You broke the contract when for 400 years we played your game and built your wealth. You broke the contract when we built our wealth again on our own by our bootstraps in Tulsa and you dropped bombs on us. When we built it in Rosewood and you came in and you slaughtered us. You broke the contract, so fuck your target. Fuck your Hall of Fame. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. Mr. Floyd died from positional asphyxia, which is a fancy way of saying he died because he had no oxygen left. with Janice Graham. Our Common Ground, speaking truth to power and ourselves. Our Common Ground, a higher ground for discourse, discussion, solutions, and ideas. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Talk, talk, that matters. matters. Transforming truth truth to power, one broadcast at a time. And now to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. And good evening and thank you for being here at Our Common Ground. Glad to be back with you. I hope that you enjoyed learning more and more about seeking mercy in last week's Not Live program. Um, The work of Brian Stevenson is very important. Uh, We thank you for being with us. We hope that you continue to practice a protocol of living in the pandemic in a safe and secure way. We hope that you are finding your way through the insanity that is now America. Um, More than 500 people are now being charged with the insurrection of January 6th, and uh, it will not be fun picking through what is important there. It's almost as though it didn't happen. And I don't know if you have personally built a firewall to protect yourself from a new, aggressive, nasty, and evil brand of propaganda in America, and 
unless you haven't been paying attention, you are unaware that the era of Trump has gone nowhere. As a matter of fact, the people of stupid are reigning with an E, reigning with an E in America. It is the most pathetic and sad circumstances that this country has really ever faced. That truth has no place in how we are governing, how we are viewing what our political and otherwise events. Today I read an article, I don't know that you saw it, but the QAnon and others are now wearing anti-vaxxer gold stars as the kinds of stars that Jews were required to wear during the takeover of Germany and Poland during the Nazi era. They're actually wearing it on their outer clothing indicating that somehow the vaccination is part of some kind of coup uh, to murder Americans. The situation at the border has not improved despite the efforts of the Biden-Harris administration, which I believe are not aggressive enough. There is lots and lots of things that indicate that there is an absolute insanity that has seeped into both our society and in our culture. And and tonight we're going to talk about that in the context of the meaning of the Chauvin um, verdict and six killings of black people since that verdict was delivered because in addition to the emptiness of the verdict even when it was called um, there is still an empty discourse in regard to the extreme violence and the murder of black people under the cover of law. Our lines are going to be open. We expect that Athea in Mongaza is going to be joining us. Uh, we have had some um, communication mix-ups. I'm not sure what is happening, but she... Uh, I was really. I'm looking forward to having a discussion with her in regard to all of the things that um, have pinned us down in this particular um, in this particular uh, insanity. Afia in Wangaza is a lifelong civil human rights activist and freedom fighter 
who first worked for the liberation of African and black people as a child, as a Garveyite, uh, apostolist faith church in the east of Norfolk, Virginia. And at age 13, she served as secretary of the Norfolk branch of the NAACP Youth and College Chapter. And her family helped raise money and collect clothes and foods to send south for those evicted and persecuted to register to vote. I first met her as a SNCC volunteer um, uh, when she was organizing the Northern Student Movement, NSM, Freedom uh, Library Day School. And um, we have been in and out of each other's activist life since that time. She was the founder and the executive director of the African American Institute for Policy Studies and Planning and founding member of the South Carolina Coordinator for the Malcolm X Grassroots Movement for Determination. She is also the founder coordinator of WMXPLP, a community-based radio. Many of you will remember that AFIA has been with us over the years at Our Common Ground, and she has been an Our Common Ground voice since 2008. And we have missed her voice here at Our Common Ground. And my my goal of talking with her is because she is centered not only in the history of our struggle, but continues to focus on civil and human rights as an attorney in Greenville, South Carolina. And we hope that she'll be joining us later. In this first hour, however, we want to... Uh, talk with you about the Chauvin uh, trial and the verdict. One of the things, I don't know how it struck you, and I watched every hour of the trial for three weeks. I don't know how it struck you, but one of the most I don't, how many of you have seen the the movie, film, TV film, Them? If you have not, it's a horror movie. It's a horror film. But it is centered in terror, white terror against black people. And if you haven't seen it, it might be worth your... Your try. It's it's very hard to get through. Um, my family was here in Florida visiting, and I had to get through it twice because my daughter had not seen it, and she wanted to um, view it with me. And we spent two nights, well into the early morning. Uh, watching this film, and it is uh, it, it embodies the trauma 
of black people's terror under white supremacy. I won't give it away, but but it is classified as a horror movie. And as I watched the trial, one of the things that occurred to me is that we are living in a time where we have to particularly be aware of protecting ourselves, of being vigilant. You know, I have this theory, and I'll talk with you about it later, about why there were so many back-to-back police killings of black people after the verdict. But the basis of that theory is that We didn't sit around thinking, I mean, I've been in enough smoky rooms, back rooms, crowded rooms, sweaty rooms, and planning black struggle activism to have learned about vigilance, about revenge in the face of black people Attempting to find redemption, attempting to find peace and freedom. And it, it, it occurred to me as I listened to the narratives, and I do have to say, the prosecutors in this case, they were on point at every point and strategy in this trial. But one of the points that they never touched, which was a smart move, but it was certainly something that I think that as black people listen to both the prosecutor's case and the defense case, was that we never call out white rage we never call out in the we never call in the name of racial hatred and call it what it is we say things like we want freedom now we say things like no justice no peace we say things like justice which has never been a reality for any of us We say things like, we want freedom. And, but we never say we want the race hate to stop. We never say it is because of racial hatred. We have come to accept using the language of the system to describe our trauma. And if anyone of us has seen over and over the video of Derek Chauvin digging his knee 
into the neck of George Floyd. And looking into his eyes, as we could see on the video, we know what it says. You know, last night on the Alpha show, Alpha made a a very, very pointed comment to one of his callers. And he said, they are trying to eliminate us. He said, I don't want to misquote Alpha because you know Alpha will call up here and start talking back ass to me. He said, it is an effort to eliminate us. And one of the things when he said that was that if we saw what happened to George Floyd on video and it happened in Palestine, exterminate, yes, he said exterminate. And my brain went into eliminate, eliminate through exterminate. Thank you, Michelle, in our chat room who is correcting me. Alpha said that this is an attempt to exterminate us. And my brain immediately went to this whole notion of there is a reason an extermination doesn't have to equal genocide. It it, It can be simply to silence us, like you know that I'm living in Florida Stan. This is Florida Stan, where the governor of Florida has just elected to sign a bill which targets anti-Trump protests, which targets anti-Republican protests, which targets black people from protesting and criminalizing black voice. That's what it does. So uh, Alpha was, when Alpha said that last night, I went exactly back to the image of Derek Chauvin rocking his knee into George Floyd's neck with his hand in his pocket to push weight down. And nobody talked about that. In the course of the trial, they didn't talk about that. But my most horrifying experience in this trial came from three of the witnesses. The young man whose lamentations to the cops, you're killing him, man, bro, 
And he kept saying bro over and over because of the anxiety. And then the testimony of the nine-year-old. Can you imagine a nine-year-old having to experience watching a man be murdered and understanding exactly what was happening and why it was happening. A 17-year-old understanding the urgency of making sure that the system under which she lived could not deny, could not lie, could not cover over what happened at at that corner. And then there was the older gentleman who was our uncle, who was the person in our community who knew so much, had lived so much, had hoped so much that he wept. And then it was all of us. It was Michelle and Greta and Lucille and Alpho and and all of the people who watched intently to this trial, all of the black people, just one trigger after another trigger. I mean, my brain was going through all of the friends that I knew who had either been killed, had disappeared, or who put themselves in the self-imposed refugee status to ensure that they were not killed. The trial triggered our everyday trauma. Our everyday trauma of thinking about what should happen in our community parks, what should happen in our community local government, what is happening state after state after state to exterminate our voice to exterminate our existence, to put us in a box where we will be forever forgotten and silenced. That is extermination. And I'm going to ask Alpha if during this hour before Athea in Wangaza uh, joins us, if he'll call in it, call come in and uh, co-host with me. Because for me, 
there were so many things going on in my brain that I could not contain. One of them, one of them was the images of my three grandchildren. The other was of what I saw in visuals and what I saw in visuals of years and years of lynching and burning. I saw Mr. Bird. I saw Emmett Till. I saw my Uncle Henry. I saw the people who, by virtue of what a law under law, how white supremacy could operate. I saw all of those things. I was just totally... um, stressed out, totally feeling overwhelmed. I thought about all of... I I thought about Fannie Lou Hamer. I thought about um, Harriet Tubman being hunted down. I thought about... Fannie Lou Hamer, in the sense of she was she was jailed because she dared to register to vote, and when she was jailed, she was severely beaten. People forget about that. So, what I want to do in this first hour is to try to go back uh, and. Um, and, 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 and let's take a look and talk about our experiences during this trial, um, especially the witnesses and who they are. I mean, you have got to reach out. Um, I did and identify in your community, who that nine-year-old was, who the older man was, uh, and, I mean, here's an older man. These were all people trying to save the life of a man, knowing that they could not. And then Alpha is joining us right after this. Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham, transforming truth to power, one broadcast at a time. Did you feel threatened by the police officers? Yes. Did you feel threatened by Mr. Shaw? Yes. I have black. I have a black father. I have a black brother. I have black friends. And I, I look at that, and I look at how that could have been one of them. It's been nights. I stayed up apologizing and and apologizing 
to George Floyd for not doing more and not physically interacting and not saving his life. But it's like, it's not what I should have done. It's what he should have done. What's the point of doing chest compressions? Um, pumping, pumping the blood for somebody that's not doing that themselves, um, trying to get a pulse back. And were you able to do that, any of those steps? No, sir. Why weren't you able to do any of that? Because the officers didn't let me in to the scene. And when you couldn't do that, how did that make you feel? Totally distressed. Were you frustrated? Yes. I think you made some reference about why you videotaped because our memories are fallible, right? And again, a stressful situation can impact your memory, right? Absolutely. That's why we're lucky it was videotaped. Right. Would you describe other people's demeanors as upset or angry? Um, it's, it's I, I don't know if you've seen anybody be killed, but it's upsetting. I'm going to just ask you to answer my questions as I ask them to you, okay? Could you describe Mr. Floyd as a small, slim man? Overall. Yeah, it appeared to, uh, with three grown men on top of somebody, it appeared that he was small and frail. But I know that I'm not to be there's true, no question. Your job is to answer that. I was finishing my answer. I will determine when your answer is done. Okay, well. And so, do not argue with the court. Do not argue with counsel. Answer the questions. Do not volunteer information that is not requested. And you describe, and again for the record, this is 745.10. Describe for the jurors what you were doing there. Oh, I was holding up the $20 bill that I just received. And is that something you always do or something about this? No, when I um, saw the bill, I noticed that it had a blue pigment to it, kind of how a $100 bill will have, and I found that odd, so I assumed that it was fake. What was going through your mind during that time period? Uh, disbelief and guilt. Okay. Why guilt? Um, if I would have just not taken the bill, this could have been avoided. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> so when you're ready. Just give you a moment, Mr. McDonough. I'm not sure if there's water as well. If you need a break to get some water, let me know. You can take a break. I know this is difficult. Can you just explain sort of what you're feeling in this moment? I can feel helpless. What did I deserve when I arrived on the scene? Um, there was police squad, an individual laying down, three officers on the individual. Uh, there was lots of, there was multiple people. Um, there was multiple cell phones out. Uh, there was elevated tones used. It didn't feel like a uh, welcoming environment. What did his condition appear to be to you overall? In lay terms, I thought he was dead. So, officers in 
the back doing chest compressions, you're getting set up, correct? Yes, sir. You went to the second location so that your partner could get back in the back with you to take over for the officer, right? Not to take over. We needed everybody we could at that time. Why didn't Why didn't you just have the officer help you continue so you could go straight to the hospital? That's not what we do. Is it because he's not an EMT? Any layperson can do chest compressions. There's no reason Minneapolis couldn't have started chest compressions. That's not my question. My question is, he's not an EMT, correct? I don't know the level of certification of the individual that got into the back of my rig. All right. You wanted a partner who could help you out, correct? I wanted as many people that were willing to help me at that time to work this cardiac arrest. And is the placement of a knee on a subject's neck uh, a use of force? Yes. A, a reportable type of force? Not necessarily. Okay. And why is that? Uh, for handcuffing somebody in a prone position or fighting with someone, it could happen where your knee ends up on their neck. Okay. For about how long? I, I guess whatever is reasonable. Okay. And which would be when? Uh, until you get control of the party, I guess. Okay. Control is in the person is then handcuffed? Handcuffed and not continuing to fight with you anymore. Okay. So. Once the person, once the subject is handcuffed and no longer resisting? Yes. At that point, uh, the restraint should stop. Yeah. When Mr. Floyd was no longer offering up any resistance to the officers, they could have ended the restraint. And that was after he was handcuffed and on the ground and no longer resisting? Correct. Have you ever, in all the years you've been working for the Minneapolis Police Department, uh, been trained to kneel on the neck of someone who is handcuffed behind their back in a prone position? No, I haven't. Is that, if that were done, would that be considered force? Absolutely. What level of force might that be? That would be the top tier, the deadly force. Why? Because of uh, the fact that um, if, if your knee is on a person's neck, that can kill him. What is your, uh, you know, your view of that use of force during that time period? Totally unnecessary. What do you mean? Um, well, first of all, uh, pulling him down to the ground, face down, and putting your knee on a neck for that amount of uh, that amount of time is just. Um, uncalled for. Um, it, I saw no reason why the officers felt they were in danger, if that's what they felt. Um, and that's what they would have to feel to be able to use that kind of force. And I'm in denial And it don't take no x-ray to see right through my smile I know I'll be on the go Thank you for joining us at Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is be free. All we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is. 
And there was a verdict on all three charges for Derek Chauvin, guilty of all three. But does it really make a difference? The kind of trauma in which black people face every day, whether they're doing the right thing, the wrong thing, the in-between thing. Alpha, thank you for joining us on Our Common Ground. Good evening. Good evening, Janice. How are you? I don't know, Alpha. I'm, I, I ha- for, for, for weeks now, I haven't figured out how I am. Um, you know, I, I, I keep playing back in my head Trayvon Martin, Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, Tamir Rice. I keep going, uh, Eric Gardner. I mean, I, I just keep playing them over and over in my head. And I'm not sure. Um, and then here you come with, the, the vital truth, and the vital truth is that they're trying to exterminate us, despite well, let me say all. In, in, in broad daylight, let me say this. First of all, the trial itself, no, I did not follow it. I did not follow the prosecution's case. I did not follow the defense's case because I knew of one thing that would hold true. That is the uselessness of hoping that a prosecutor would would actually present the necessities. And I was surprised because there were no necessities to present it was on film. It was captured on tape. And it was it was obvious. You couldn't go down the street and get another fact and bring it over. You had to go with what you saw. But one thing that stuck out in my mind, you just played that, was the defense and their hostile approach to the witnesses when the witness would not say what they wanted them to say. And the witness would not yield. He would not back down until the judge had to step in and admonish the witness for standing their ground. And that's exactly what I expected was going to happen. I believe that they would have, he would have gotten him on one of the charges, one of the lesser charges. And when he came back with all three, I said, uh, profane word, be damned. And I'm happy, yes, but not celebratory. I wasn't spiked the ball in the end zone happy because I knew that there would be backlash. And that's all you're seeing. And the people 
who was supposed to speak for people in the black community, the people who can reach the Department of Justice, the Biden administration. They are supposed to be sounding the alarm. Paul Revere ride, the obvious, that they are coming. You remember I say they never go home? Well, they never go home. And like you said, there were 10, how many shootings? 10? 10 Ten since the verdict. 10 since the verdict. And there will be 10 more next week. These police are not backing down. They are not going home. They will continue to kill black people. Instead of de-escalating, they will shoot till until we make a standoff. And I say a standoff because that's the only thing they understand. Until there is a standoff, like the cops sitting in a car and someone just walks up and pumps nine or ten rounds into the car, those are the kinds of things that I hope don't happen, but that's all I can see happening. We must send that message back to them. When you spoke of the gold stars, that the, not just the QAnon, the Tea Parties, the Republicans, the conservatives are wearing, it must be emphasized and repeated over and over and over again. That's what the Nazis did. That's exactly what the Nazis did. The Nazis did it. The, the, the Nazis did the same thing. Every narrative must include that statement. The gold stars are what identify your support, and that was done by the Nazis. You mm-hmm. must link the Nazis to the Trumpians, to the anti-vaxxers, to the to the creators of misinformation. We must continue to tell the people that these are assets, Russian assets, useful idiots. The Ron Johnsons. Ron Johnson must be dogged until he quits. He's up for a re-election in 22. The term Nazi disinformation agent should follow him throughout his campaign. Well, All you know, one of one of the things that I think that we need to keep in front of us is to understand, but for the video. Right. But for None the of this video. Happened. George Floyd would have been a criminal who had a medical event while being arrested. So we have to go back and... 
we have to go back and, and really analyze also for ourselves to what extent would this be a replication of everything else that we see. It's really interesting, um, and um, in, in my broadcast career, I have never seen as many black activists quoting Business Insider, the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, the New York Post even, or appearing in the New Yorker or the Atlantic or the nation as writers. And, 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 and what I conclude is that we need to learn to come home. Exactly. We need to, we need to intently and intentionally understand that we need to come home. We need to come into the village and close the gates. That is, at this point, our only protection. We can keep going on in the same way that Joe Biden, as he deports 1,500 Haitians this week back to Haiti, we need to understand that outside of our village, everybody's got a game, everybody's got self-interest, and there is no collective interest outside of the village. And that is why it is necessary for us to come home. You know, you've got black people... Uh, uh, in the public square and they're talking to white people we need to be talking to ourselves but that let me get back on to this trial you know I believe that every person who is charged with a crime has the right under law to have representation. But I also believe that it is the procedural proceedings that must be well managed, and I'm not so sure that this judge in this case did anything more than protect the appeal. Exactly. How can you have how how can you have a, a a court proceeding where the defendant cannot be referred to as the defendant that a witness is reprimanded for finishing her answer to a question, which is why I included that in the clip that uh, that I just offered. 
She hadn't finished her, her answer. And she was reprimanded for finishing her answer by the judge. The judge was biased to the defense because he did not want to be on record to be criticized or sanctioned for his rulings. I I, I think in this era of insanity that we have to come back, and when I say we, I'm talking about black people. We got to come back home because no one is going to, no part of the system is going to work for us because it wasn't designed to work for us. So, Alpha, here's my question to you. And, and and it's not just the Derek Chauvin trial. It is what's happening in state legislatures all over this country to suppress black dissent against oppression of us as a people. It is... You know, I know you all like all you all like Joe Biden. He gave you all fourteen hundred dollars, and he says he wants to pass the voter protection law. He uh, the John Lewis voter protection law. He says he doesn't agree with voter suppression. He says he wants to have some kind of federal policy to protect people like George Floyd. And I question all of what he is saying. And I know you all love Joe Joe Biden because Joe Biden is so much better than the former guy. But is Joe Biden and Alpha? You can you can you know you can uh, correct me if you think I'm wrong. Is Joe Biden under the the boot? of black people enough to do what we need to do to be protected because right now during a trial where a white man who was simply used as a scapegoat there was no way that Derek Chauvin was not going to be found guilty on 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 two of those charges there was no way, and they gave him up as a sacrificial lamb. Am I wrong on any of those points? Well, let me put it like this. No, you're not. But this is where I do take issue with. We cannot go and close the gates behind us in our own little community. For this reason alone. And this is what they are not doing. The people who are outside of the gate, who are in the media, they are basic slaves to a narrative that says, don't tell the ugly truth. And the ugly truth is simply, we are being exterminated. The ugly truth is simply the Klan, neo-Nazis, white supremacists, 
have infiltrated our society at every level. The ugly, naked truth is the prosecutors in these cases will basically throw the case to a point where you cannot get a conviction because of the way the prosecutor has presented the case. That is the reason I did not watch any of the testimony or any of I, I was I knew I would get enough of it through the news outlets and that they would be so critical of and admiring of what the prosecutor did and they were basically laughing in the face when the defense put up their so-called case. But when, you, when we talk about we have a, a, a tough enough time reaching our own. We have too many of our own who are going around with their heads in the sand about their lives. This pandemic has basically jumped up and said, pay attention to no one but me. You, you make sure you make it through this pandemic. When you say we are so enamored with Joe Biden, what was the alternative? This wasn't a Joe Biden election. This was an anti-Trump election. And all of the things that Joe Biden wants to do and that he says he is for, I give you Joe Manchin. I give you the filibuster. And those are the impediments that will stop a progressive agenda, that will not allow H.R. 1 to wipe away all of the bigoted racism in these newfound voter suppression laws looking for voter suppression when there is not. At every step of the way, they are always two steps ahead of us. You mean voter corruption? Well, I think you you want to call it. Okay. Well, what I'm, saying, what I'm saying about that is the wave of white lash is covering the country. 47 states, 381 new voting suppression bills. Okay? Now, we also have in, what was it, 35 states, 81 bills that are against protest, you get a hard time for protesting, give me a break. Give me a break. If we don't sit up, step up, get up, it's going to be too late. Not just for black people. Not just for black people. It's going to be too late for our democracy. Because the next attempt at a coup will be successful. You let a Chris Christie become a president. You let a 
DeSantis in Florida become president. And those are the people they are pushing. And they aren't worried about their flaws because no one will bring them up. Well, no one you know, will bring uh, up to these high deaths from COVID. He, he, here, here's my point about coming home, and I've been saying this now for about two or three years. Um, this week in Orlando, um, two black men were stopped by police who mistook them for robbery suspects, and they were forced to crawl on the ground. There's a video of it. Um, uh, A man on vacation told police that two dark-skinned black men on bikes had a gun, stole his wallet, Apple Watch, and his digital camera. And in the video, one of the cyclists asked the police why he and his friends were being detained with guns drawn at them. These two black men pleaded with the police that they were innocent and said they were just coming from a nearby 7-Eleven. And the cops violated them to the extent that they were forced to crawl on the ground. There is a video for anybody who... Who, who wants to, to, to see it. There's a video. This, this happened just yesterday after George W. Bush says he wrote in, for, in a vote for Condoleezza Rice for 2020 uh, presidential election. Um, and and, and, and um, it have I mean, this is the kind of whiplash trauma that black people have to face. Devante um, Wright was funeralized on Friday because a police officer says that she didn't know, I mean, this whole thing about, I don't know how you feel about it, Alpha, but this whole thing about she confused her taser with her with her Glock. Along with hundreds of thousands of black people, I don't buy it. I think that her whiteness, I don't know how you feel about it, Alpha, but I think her whiteness put her on automatic. And she just decided to kill him. And then the very next, the the very, the same day, Malia Bryant was being attacked by a grown woman with a knife and the police officer got out of his car in a black neighborhood with his hand on his gun rather than uh, his hand on his taser. Y'all better come on home 
because this is not going to stop. It is especially not going to stop in the shadow of the reinstallment of Jim Crow in this country because they're not going to stop at protests. I mean, in, uh, here in Florida, a sheriff on yesterday sent orders to the officers that if they were going to a, a pro-Trump rally, that they should be hunting for anti-Trump protesters. That was their job. What say you, Alpha? Well, first of all, he should be fired for the lack of neutrality. And that's all we all we're looking for is equality. Well, the thing is, if you're you're going to fire people for 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 the lack of neutrality, you have to fire all of them. And I think that black people need to come home and understand the concept of defunding the police. Well, defunding the police was. a very practical way of saying, let's stop giving them all of this money and funnel it somewhere else. But, but you see, was, they took oh, they took what we were thinking and turned it into something bad, just like they do with. Yeah, they flipped the narrative because they've got an operation going on uh, behind us. Uh, And people don't understand that it is that the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, the whoever and the whoever of white, the, the universe of white supremacist organizations are being funded and and the operation of of leadership on what's happening in the state legislatures, they're being funded by the Trumpism machine. They got an awful lot of money from the think tanks on the right. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. got an awful lot of money and nowhere to put it. So this Absolutely. is, these are the, covert operation that people like Roger Stone, they give him a wad of money in a bag, and he goes out and spends it on all of the nefarious things that he wants. When you say come home, I understand. But the people who you are trying to reach will never understand. Yeah, that's a a problem. That's a problem. Alpha, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more. I especially want to talk more about uh, this trial. And as we go out to our break, um, it it just, we have to understand the severe trauma that our children experience whether you're talking about whether you're having a talk with them about what to do with um 
uh, when they, if they're stopped by police, we've you know in my own family we've had you know Miles uh, got an, a new car for Christmas, beautiful car, and his parents have taken his car um, during this time because they want to protect him and given him the the, the extra Subaru. And he's very upset. He's 19 years old. He's earned everything. He's done everything that his family has asked him to do in growing up. And you take away the reward, and he's upset about it. But somehow it's all about how our children are being targeted. A nine-year-old was standing watching a man who looked like her brother, her father, her uncle, her dad, be murdered. We'll be back, and our number is 347-838-9852 right after this break. No. Uh, going in to cut food that day. No. As far as you know, had you ever seen it? No. Now, when you uh, came out to where your cousin was and you saw George Floyd, was there a policeman there? Yes. Uh, do you remember what the policeman or policemen were doing? Putting a knee on neck with George Floyd. Uh, if I showed you a picture of a policeman, why don't I just do that? Let me ask you if you recognize the policeman in what's marked as Exhibit 17. Do you recognize this man? Yes. Um, who is he? I can't remember his name. Okay. Do you remember what he was doing? How do you know him? He was pushing the neck with George Floyd. Do you see him in the courtroom today? No. Okay. How about him? Yes. Right. So is that the person that you, you saw? Yes. Uh, so you saw a knee being put uh, on the neck of George Floyd. When was the knee taken? Did you see that the knee was ever taken off of George Floyd's neck? No. Uh, were you there when an ambulance came? Yes. Tell us what happened after you saw the ambulance come. He had the ambulance had to push him off of him. And how did that happen? Did they simply come in an ambulance and then go up to push him off, or what happened? They asked him nicely to get off of him. And when they asked him nicely to get off of him, what did he do? He still stayed on him. And then what happened after he still stayed on him? What did the ambulance people do? They just had to put him off, get off of him. Uh, are you able to, to tell us, having been there on this day and seeing the, the officer on top of George Floyd, how did you feel about that? How did it affect you? I was sad and kind of mad. And, and tell us, why were you sad and mad? Because it felt like it, he was stopping his breathing and it, it kind of like hurting him. Thank you, Judea. I want to ask you any other questions. 
And now back to our common ground. But a Negro woman speaking in Massachusetts with, with, with power is, is part of our spiritual culture. Miss Graham, there is a reason why God allowed for the most important book ever written in our history to be one of the first. The W.E. Du Bois, W.E.B. Du Bois, Souls of Black Folk, is hands down the most important book ever written by a black man or woman, in my opinion, because of what it did in our so, to, to us psychologically. It explains why Paul Robeson rises, why Zora Neale Hurston rises, why the, you know the Black Arts Movement rises, the Talented Tenth, Martin Luther King rises. Without Du Bois, there is no King, and that's why it's deep that King. That the boys dies on the exact day in Africa on the day King gives I have a dream. If you don't see spiritual culture right there, then it's because you are spiritually blind. You can't see that Du Bois dying on the day I have a dream after 96 years or 95 years of frontline struggle, and he's so angry with this country, even even though Nkrumah invited him out there to do some research, that he's he's in Africa and dies in Africa. He could have died the day after, the day before, three days later, but he dies what corresponds to the the, the morning of the uh, I have a dream speech in uh, in August 28, 1963. And it's that spiritual culture. That I want to talk about briefly, because that's the whole point of being black in America. Like, a, like it's almost like being Jewish, but not in America. Jewish in in the Bible, or Jewish in the ancient times. You know, as an oppressed people, because Jews are not oppressed in America. They might be the subject. You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Stay tuned, and we'll be right back with more. Because our society is only as strong as all its individuals, the United Negro College Fund has helped educate thousands of doctors and researchers, but we need more. Thousands of architects and engineers, but we need more. Thousands of teachers and biologists, but we need more. And when disease, injustice, pollution, poverty, and countless other problems threaten to pull us apart, We had better educate every single person who has the potential to solve our problems. And to educate more people, we need more of your help. Give to the United Negro College Fund. With so much at stake, a mind is a terrible thing to waste. That what we see before our eyes, the sky is green and the grass but one thing you can't deny, these people are sabotaging this country. Nothing comes to a sleeper but a dream. Drilling down, just damn. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. This is Alpha, hosting the best of pushback talk radio. The Alpha Show. He's back. The Alpha Show, August 26th.
You're listening to Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. As far as I'm concerned, they could burn this bitch to the ground. And it still wouldn't be enough. And they are lucky that what black people are looking for is equality and not revenge. And now back to Janice. Thank you for being with us here at Our Common Ground. It's good to be back. I uh, missed you last Saturday. Uh, I hope that you um, enjoyed or will go back and listen to what we provided for Our Common Ground last Saturday night because I think the work of seeking mercy, uh, seeking mercy is just so very important that we have to we have to claim it because it is one of our strengths. Uh, it fortifies us. But I am saying tonight that every black person in this country needs to think in this moment how we protect ourselves and our children. Our number is 347-838-9852, and Alpha is co-hosting with me. I apologize. I'm not sure what happened with me and my good sister, Afia Inwan Gaza, um, uh, tonight. I do have some announcements that I want to make, um, and they have to do with some events that are coming up this week. On Thursday, April 29th at 9 p.m., the Lift Every Voice Black Agenda report card on President Obama, um, President um, Joe Biden by um, the Institute of the Black World 21st Century will be online with my soror and good sister and our common ground voice, Dr. Julianne Malvo, uh, Latasha Brown, the co-founder of Black Voter Matters, Bill Fletcher who is also an Our Common Ground voice, a social justice activist in, 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 um, in Washington, D.C., Tamika Mallory, who is a co-founder of Until Freedom, who has been under a great uh, magnification in the last couple of weeks, Dr. Greg Carr who is an Our Common Ground voice, a chairman of the African Studies Department at Howard, even when he was a Ph.D. student at Howard. uh, Greg Carr was um, one of our regulars at Our Common Ground, and others, um, including Ife Williams, the national president, 
of the uh, National Congress of Black Women in D.C., Tamika Gray, who you may not know of, of Florida, who is the Electoral Justice Project uh, manager. The other is uh, also um, to let you know that there's a special edition of Vantage Point with Dr. Ron Daniels on WBAI 99.5 FM, which you can stream live on April 26, which is Tuesday, I'm sorry, which is Monday, uh, 3 o'clock to 5 on the legacy of George Floyd after the verdict, Can Black Americans Breathe? So those are two things that are coming up this week, and don't forget, on Friday night, uh, my my... Um, TruthWorks Network presents every Friday night at 10 p.m. Alpho on the Alpho Show. Alpho, thanks again for for joining us. We're gonna before we go into the next segment, we're gonna take calls. Uh, the number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. But I just want to emphasize, I do tonight. This 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 trial, as disturbing as the George Floyd murder was, the trial itself was also equally disturbing. Um, my soul wasn't set afire uh, so much by the right verdict as I was enraged about the wrong, that we didn't get the right charges. And we didn't expect that, that we would because this jury might not have found their way to a guilty verdict with the right charges, which would have been first degree, which would have been first degree murder. Uh, It would have been second degree murder in the first three minutes that he held his knee, but it became first degree, as far as I'm concerned, in the last seven minutes um, of the the knee um, as a weapon. So, but it was how the the testimony of representation of who we are, a 17-year-old, a 9-year-old, over uh, 60-year-old, a young man who carries the burden of having accepted what he thought was a $20 uh, fraudulent bill. The fact that he carries that burden. Our children are carrying the burden of our continual trauma. When... When 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 George Jackson was murdered, I carried the guilt 
for three years of my life trying to sort out what else we could have done. What else we could have done. So it is a collective trauma as we watched. Alpha, let's take this call. I'm going to let you take this call. 646, you're on the air. Thank you for your call. Hey, what's going on, Alpha and Janice? How are y'all two doing? I'm going to tell you right straight up, Jay. I'm not doing too well. Why not? Um, Didn't you get a chance to to spend some time with with the grands and everything? Yeah, I did. Yeah, well, then you know. But you know, we we persevere through the things we have to do, and we persevere through the struggle that we have to have. All we want to do is be free. What's up, Jay? Well, well, in America, that's not that's not going to happen. That's that's not that's not meant for you in 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 this cause of what we call America. It's it's sad to say it. But the fact of the matter, I think you mentioned it a couple of minutes ago in regards to we in the Jim Crow state. Um, We've been in the Jim Crow state since slavery. It's just every now and then they get most of us to think that we are not by giving us a little bit of um, so-called freedom and trinkets and, you know, good people like um, Robert Smith and, Oprah and LeBron and the rest, which is only maybe, in all honesty, one or two percent of the black population in this country. And um, then, you know, unfortunately, business goes on as usual. Now, let me say this right quick to your to your grandson, Miles. <laughs> Vehicles are a luxury. And when your mother and father have the intelligence to take something that your oppressor deems for you not to be worthy of and to have, they may have just saved your life in the climate that we're in. So don't let that upset you, young man. Go on and do the great things that you're striving to do and that you will do. And um, forget about forget about that car because it's it's really nothing more than a than a little luxury. It, it it ain't it ain't that important, brother. It's more important that you you live and you have a productive life and you be able to make some sort of changes in the world than to be in a situation where some jealous white man may decide that he's gonna um, take you away from your family. Because the reality yeah. is, he, like he, he understands. You know. He understands because he he travels oh, from from home into Boston and yeah, on that you. highway. Yeah, yeah, he he gets yeah. it, but that don't mean he ain't upset about it. Hey, he he, he some, told some us we were giving like, in to the power. <laughs> nah, you ain't. You, nah, you, you ain't giving in to the power because in this society. It ain't about giving in. It's about surviving because whenever they want to do whatever they want to do to you, 
unfortunately, they can do it to you. And basically, you know, um, they they give back some, you know, because um, this whole Derek Chauvin was just to give back to keep us pacified in regards to we don't really get too much out of hand where they didn't have to really go upside our heads in the manner that they would they would love to do. I mean, but you know, the reality is 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 this. And you know, I don't know if you know this this Alpha and Janice. Have you been hearing really anything really about the pushback to deal with mansion and service in regards to this filibuster so that they could get the only thing that black people in this country should be thinking about, worrying about, and pushing HR1? Because if you don't get let me throw HR1, that to, let me you throw ain't going to get to Alpha. Let me throw that to Alpha. Well, Jay, I have been saying this since before the runoff elections in Georgia. Joe Manchin let it be known that he was not going to vote for a Green New Deal. He was not going to vote for this. He he was not going to vote to get rid of the filibuster. That being the case, I said it then, and I'm going to keep saying it. You, Blanche Lincoln, him, we can hold, we can go until 2022. Everybody wants to say Joe Biden didn't get this done. Joe Biden didn't get that done. It's not Joe Biden. I give you Joe Manchin. And I give you Kristen Sinema. Those are two people who are not looking to help progressives, who are not looking to help Democrats. You can talk all you want about the same bird and two different wings. I'm talking about the one party that is trying to do something for you. And that one party that is trying to do something for you are the Democrats, however clumsy, however misguided. But Joe Manchin stands in your way. You let Joe Manchin know we will primary you, and if we don't win in the primary we will give that seat to a Republican. You are finished in politics. Now, well, well, I'll, I'll say this to you, Alpha. We can talk the talk, walk the walk, and do whatever you 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 express a desire to do. But if we don't pass HR one, it's a wrap for black people in this country. It's, you, well, you know, you don't already said you don't already said Jim Crow. I'm saying that should basically be the final nail, in a sense, in our coffin moving forward. Because I don't know if you noticed this week, um, Janice, what happened with the Supreme Court and them yep. holding on to young people being able to spend the rest of their lives in this in this country in jail for crimes that they may have committed at a young age when their brains or anything wasn't developed. 
So all I'm going to leave you is with this. It's not about to get better. It's about to, as you say, get worse because we're definitely heading to a Jim Crow state that's a little more obvious than it's been the last couple of years unless something happens with um, HR1 because I I don't know what really Stacey Abrams is talking about. I think she's trying to position herself to win the governorship and Atlanta, but I don't I don't think it's gonna happen. So I'm just hoping we figure it out and and do something because if we don't, we in we in real trouble. And I mean that's yeah. gonna affect everybody. And not just me I, and you. I, I, I agree mean, with you, Jay. You know. I agree with you. Uh I think that the that states like Georgia, Arizona, Ohio that all of the states that Pennsylvania that Trump lost, I think all of those people are in place to fix the midterms and fix 2024. Fix it. Well, we better go after Manchin in a very serious way or look, we better at, definitely what, change the narrative. One of the things we need to keep our eye on is how they're conducting the uh, how many I don't know also how many audits there have been in um, in Arizona. Well, who are these people auditing now? And 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 they're auditing. I mean, if you heard Rachel Maddow, one of the reasons that. I, I like to listen to Rachel Maddow on MSNBC is because she gets into both the history and the bushes on news items. And one of the things that she reported this week, I think it was Friday or Thursday, is that, first of all, the, 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 the contract that was given by the state in uh, Arizona was given to a QAnon organization that had never done an electoral audit ever. They have no experience. And the guy that owns the company that is doing, managing the audit is uh, QAnon. And the other is they're allowing the counters to use blue pins. And that really means that they can change the ballots. Right. And, and they under, gave them the original under, ballots for this audit. And under what rather rule than, of law? Senator, but under what rule of law, after these delegates have been certified, the count has been completed, under what rule of law do they go back in and do an audit? Law. That's what law. White man law. Uh, uh, to be no the, law. the white man law. That's the only law yep. that's not in this country. The and, white man. That is like the, the foundation. You do it, that's when it's done. White, white man's law is the foundation of Jim Crow. White Just man's like law. Hey, Jay, thank you for your call. Have um, a good night. And you too. Um, so... Alpha, here, here, here is the, here is the, here is my problem with Joe Biden at this point. 
you can't say, I mean, Joe Biden can't, he, Joe Biden thinks he can have it both ways. It would be very easy for him as he positions himself and how he opines about police brutality against black people to issue an executive order which simply, very simply says that police, I mean, I think the public doesn't always understand that most of the budget uh, of police departments and municipalities come from federal funds. A, a, a simple executive order. If you, if you, two things, if you receive federal funding and you, you must have one, a civilian review board that governs the policy and the decisions made by the police department. And the second thing is you must demilitarize your police department. That's an executive order. Now, on uh, Alpha and you know, you can respond. Let me get the second thing that he could do very easily. An executive order which indicates that you rem- do you remember Amendment 5 of the Voters' Rights Act of 1968, which said that the, the House of Representatives must approve any changes in voter rights policy and law in a state where there is documentation of voter suppression. Do you remember that? And the Supreme Court struck it down. That was the first major decision after Roberts. you remember that, Alpha? Well, well, not only do I remember it, I remember also believing that that is the point where Roberts and the Supreme Court should have been under siege with criticism because they gave us Citizens United, which has eroded and destroyed the electoral system. They gave us the... the uh, Article 5 in the Voters' Rights Act, which has basically destroyed preclearance of what you just stated, all of that, the Supreme Court has, is unscathed when it comes to all of these bad decisions. And now you've got a 6-3 majority conservative and you got Joe Manchin standing in the way of getting rid of the filibusters, which will allow you to expand the Supreme Court, pass voting rights. I mean, I don't see where there's uh, an, an, an Einstein qualification to make these decisions. But this basically turns into a uh, 
no-brainer? Because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It, it mm-hmm. is, it is but, so obvious that Joe Manchin got to go. Whether he, whether he comes over to the light and votes with the Democrats to make it 50-50, if not, he got to go. His, his time in the Senate is over. And I won't well, say Blanche Lincoln. Okay. Uh, here is the problem. Joe Biden, old school white man, president of the United yeah. States. Okay. He is unaccustomed to the environment under which he assumed the presidency. And that's not to say, Alpha, that Bernie Sanders would have been any different. And that's not to say that that's not to say that some of what um, Joe Biden has been able to accomplish is not beneficial. But until he becomes race conscious and understands the underlying operative oppression of a system which is built on the foundation of white supremacy, he sh- he's not going to be successful. You know, the most successful politician in my mind right now, Alpha, and you're going to um, chuck up that cheeseburger or those chips you're eating. The most successful politician in America right now is Donald Trump. You're right. Because he has changed the face of one party. He has changed the thought of one party. Well, people can believe that the sky is green and the grass is blue. He has made them believe that. He don't have to shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue. He can just tell you he did. I have never seen such idiotic people, news media included, and such, uh, how should I call them, impudent pushback from Democrats because they just, like it's not happening. Like they're not watching what they're watching. Mm-hmm. This man but, but, is not but, but, but here, here is a setup, and, and it's very uh, troubling. When Barack Obama was elected, he came with the cool, the groove. He came with the superficial underpinning of and changed the ideation of a whole nation around hope and courage and whatever else he was selling. He was like 
the 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 rainmaker selling things that don't change people's lives, that don't address working people. He sold an image of what a politician should look like. And Joe Biden is leaning into that. And he's saying one thing and not following it up with some kind of plan or program or, or, or what have you. Because if if he's not going to get rid of... I mean, the, the, the Republicans have done it, done it over and over. They get rid of the filibuster, then they put it back in. They get rid of the filibuster, and they put it back in. And somehow Democrats have got to demand that the Democratic Party deliver. And the question for us as a people has to be, what is it that we want him to deliver? And it's not a bill with 700 pa- 720 pages. It's not a bill which does not speak to the horror and the trauma and the struggle of black people. See, they want to say, oh, the people of color. Well, there ain't no Jim Crow law about the people of color. Jim Crow law is specifically targeting black people. So they have these people. I know... If Tara's listening, she's going to call me tomorrow and say, Mom, I ain't like... They have okra. I mean, Oprah. Then they have LeBron. These are people... Then they have uh, Stacey Abrams. She's very smart. Then you've got all these doctors from the academy who have never really transposed or translated into an action plan what we need, what black people, and, and you know, and it's disseminating is a conversation that I have with Pascal Robert all the time, what black people you're talking about, who are the black people you're talking about, are you talking about the people who live on disability, Social Security, who live on Social Security at $600, $700 a month, who live without a job, uh, are working two days a week or three days a week at minimum uh, wages. I mean, Joe Biden hasn't delivered on the $15 minimum wage. Hasn't delivered that. Okay. Okay, okay, but but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not Joe Biden. That's Joe Manchin. I love when black people say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> that's, like, that's, Joe that's like Pookie and them. That's not Joe they, Biden. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead, Alpha. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was in the bill. It was in the bill. Joe Manchin would not vote for it with the $15 in it. So they took it out. They took it out to get, they negotiated. 
but they didn't send in the team into his district to demonstrate what a traitor he was to the working people in his district. They didn't do that. Those people in West Virginia don't give one damn. But they give a damn about $15 an hour. $15 worth. They can't even get it to them. The mail don't don't run over there, over the mountains and through the through the woods and through the tunnels. I'm I'm glad you said I, mail, Alpha. Joe Biden still has Louis the Joy running the United States Postal Service. Listen to what you just said. Joe Biden has no one as postmaster general. Those ten. Uh, board members, governors, have the governors. The uh-huh. Yeah, okay. but he still so he, three people. Janice, he put three new nominees up, and once those three have been confirmed by the Senate, then they will vote Louis DeJoy out. Not well, wait a Biden. minute. That there goes back to the filibuster. Well, 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 why are you? Why is that Joe Biden and not Joe Manchin and Christian Cinema? Why is that Joe Biden? Why because we voted for Joe Biden. Biden. That's why. Okay, we voted for Joe Biden, and then we wanted Warnock and Ossoff to win the Senate seats in Georgia, so we could have a fifty-fifty. Kamala Harris breaks the tie, and I'm pops. Joe Manchin. Now, how is that Joe Biden's fault? How? Okay, let me me ask you about something else. Let's talk about the expansion of the Supreme Court. You're not going to get that either. It's not not the expansion. See, I told y'all y'all better come home because y'all ain't getting shit. Okay. it It ain't the expansion of the Supreme Court. It's the balancing of all of the courts. The Republicans packed them, and now it's time to balance them. See, here, here's, the, here, here's what I see. The Democrats have failed to have an underground operation going. Because if that were true, one of the things that they would be doing is investigating for repeal many of the federal judges appointed by Donald Trump, taking them out. The other is to target Clarence Thomas to target Clarence Thomas for recall. Just one of them. You just need one. And and Brett, uh, what's the man's name? Brett Kavanaugh. Because he How lied you... during his because okay, they now, both now lied you... during now their, that's, that's during their nomination. Supreme Court you charge him with perjury. You don't have yes. to have a recall. Charge him with perjury. Yes. Charge that. But Tony, we don't have a. We don't Tony have an underground. 
as much as the propaganda says, the Democrats do not have an underground strategic operation going. That only happens. If you hit them from all sides, they're judges. The representatives, you know, like uh, Matt Gates is going to get away with what he's going to get away with. But Jim Jordan shouldn't be able to get away with what he got away with. What's that other guy? Tom Cotton, Josh Hawley, uh, Marjorie Green, whatever. Um, Ted Cruz out of Ted Cruz. They should all all be hit with charges of, come on, Alpha, help me with some charges here. Well, uh, well first of all, conduct unbecoming. First of all, there are 126 House Republicans that have never should have been seated. They have, should never been seated by Nancy Pelosi because they were part of this insurrection, this big lie to overthrow our democracy. Mm-hmm. And Nancy Pelosi did not have the guts to not seat them and take it, take that to the court. Take that to the court and have each one of them explain why you would sign on to not certify an election after centuries, after a couple of centuries of doing it this way. Now, because of one grifter, you're going to turn around and do it another way? Mm-hmm. It, it, it makes no sense. And then, you see, you see, Janice, that's when you speak about Democrats having an underlying uh, 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 Backdoor underground. channels. Backdoor channels, underground, give it a name. The backdoor and underground channels should be unredacting the Mueller report in a court of law in front of congressmen and exposing the collusion that was just exposed by intelligence. And basically, run that back. Run all of that back. You see, you wait for these years to pass, and the statute of limitations gets gets by you. Well, the statute of limitations has not gotten by us yet, but they're doing nothing about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Matt Kavanaugh lied, lied to Congress. Uh, what's that other clown's name? She lied to Congress. And, it, and it, the, 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 the Postmaster General lied to Congress. Now, when are you going to prosecute people? You know, after a while, you get to, that's why but I Speaking didn't want of prosecution, excuse me, Alvo, but. Speaking of prosecution, whatever happened to the Southern District of New York 
and getting Donald Trump's tax returns. And whatever happened to all this legal heat he was going to face when he came out of office? What happened to that? It's in the works. (laughs) Y'all better come home. We better come home and we better start having liberation and freedom academies all over this country. We better start we we we've got to cancel some culture bullshit in our own community. Cancel that culture. Well, I'm I'm gonna tell you like this: the cancel culture is just that bullshit. But it's gonna be that until it can be something else. Janet, it appears that um, it appears that we are seven minutes to the end of the show. And with that, I'm going to take my leave. Thank you for allowing me to express myself. Wait, uh, wait. I've got one more question for you, Alvo. And maybe people can get the end. I just want to know. Did you get vaccinated yet? On the 16th. <laughs> Everybody heard that. On the 16th of this month, I got vaccinated. And I go for my second okay. shot on the 16th of next month. Oh, it was well, an ordeal. Making progress. It was definitely an ordeal. I, I finally got someone to say, hey, come on in, big guy. And that's what I did. Okay. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. I've ducked and dodged this pandemic, this this COVID, all of this time. What Mm -hmm. is it, 15 Mm -hmm. months now? I've ducked and dodged it all of this time, and I'm so far so successful. So I go and, well, after tomorrow, it'll be three weeks, on the 16th of May. Mm Mm-hmm to get my second shot. Moderna, mm-hmm. that's the second shot. Well, it's good. That, that's, uh, uh, that's good to hear that you have potentially some, some protection. Um, one of the things that um, I, I was really kind of worried about was how people, I mean, I have lost eight people in this pandemic that I know, people that I knew well. Well, and, I'm going to say um, this. I'm going to say this because I believe it. I have not contracted this virus. I do believe that I have some kind of resistance to the strain. My daughter, not my daughter, yes, my daughter, both of my sons, I only have three children, but approximately more than half of my grandchildren have had COVID. And 
my great-grandbabies. I've got 27 of them. I want to say half of them have had COVID. I want to say it's something in my blood that's resistant to that strain. But I want everyone to get their shot because it's not a gimme. It's not a gimme. And it can go sideways at any moment. And I don't want to be in nobody's hospital side and a mother, you know. Yeah, I get you. I get you. Alpha, thank you so much, and you be well. We'll see you next Friday night at 10 p.m. on the Alpha Show. Yeah, hopefully I can stay woke. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you back at Our Common Ground. Thank you so much for filling in for us in one Gaza to have a conversation. What? How do you? And thank you for. In one Gaza. I've been telling you that I for thought, years. I, thought, I know, and I thought the end was silent. No, it's in one Gaza. <laughs> Bye. In one Gaza. Bye. Bye, Alpha. Thank you all for uh, being with us. I do want to report that for the first time in nearly 18 months, I had my family uh, with me. Um, it was so good to see them to hold them, um, to have watch Mason ride a bicycle all through my neighborhood and go to the beach. And we went to the beach a number of times. There was barely anybody on the beach. We didn't come in contact with nobody on the beach. But uh, even Mason is very, very cautious, very, very cautious. See you next week, and thank you for being with us. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. So tonight we start. There's an African proverb that says, You speak my name, and I will live forever. So tonight we will speak some names. Thank you for joining us here at Our Common Ground. For all of you that have joined us in our chat room, we thank you as well. I'm Janice Grant. Join us each Saturday at Our Common Ground. I'll be listening for you, speaking truth to power and ourselves.